right, let's open our Bibles to the New Testament book of Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, and all the children up through age 8. If you'd like to go to Children's Church, you're welcome to go. <clears throat> you don't have to go. <clears throat> you're welcome to stay with your family. All the children up through age 8, Children's Church. And if you'll open your Bibles with me to Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to read the scripture, and also Ethan's going to put the words to that little chorus that we've been singing for two months now since the first of the year, and we've not said very little about it. And so I'm going to, we're going to leave the words to that little chorus there on the screen, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about it here in a minute. But first of all, let's look to something that's far more important than those words on that screen, and that's the Word of God. Amen. Colossians chapter 1. And I'll begin reading with verse 1. Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus, or Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is coming to you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, <clears throat> who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. If you'll go back to verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, it uh, truly, Lord, we, we've heard it. We've said it so many times. We could leave now and say it has been so good, so beneficial to have been in the house of the Lord. We thank you for the Sunday school hour and has already been mentioned. Lord, our hearts have been blessed and ministered to already. Thank you for the good music today. And God, we know that the Lord Jesus Christ has been uplifted and exalted. But now, Lord, help us to give our undivided attention to your word. Give us freedom and liberty. 
And God, hide us all behind the cross. And Lord, as we say so often, our heart's desire is that the Holy Spirit would have freedom to take the truth of your word today and accomplish your will and purposes in each of our hearts and lives. And we'll thank you and praise you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As you read through these verses, these 14 verses that we read out of Colossians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul makes it plain that he had heard something. He had heard that there were people in Colossae, we call them the Colossians. He had, Paul had heard that they had heard something. What had they heard? They had heard the gospel. And many of them, unfortunately not all of them, but many of them not only heard the gospel, they believed the gospel, they repented of their sin, and they trusted Christ as their Savior. And so Paul heard that they had heard the gospel, and Paul heard that they had received Christ as their Savior, and as a result of truly being saved, there was fruit and evidence in their lives. And many of them were growing in the Lord, and, and, and Paul was excited. And Paul said, ever since I heard that you heard the gospel, and I heard that you got saved, I've been praying for you. And Paul said, among many things that I've been praying for you about is, included in the list of things he mentions in verse 10, I pray that you might walk worthy of the Lord. Might walk worthy of the Lord. (laughs) What a challenge. Don't you love that chorus? What is this little chorus that we've been singing now for two months and we've not really said a whole lot about it? What is it that that we want, that the, the message of that course, what is it that it's really challenging us and teaching us and reminding us about? Exactly what Paul was praying here for these Christians. And by the way, it's not only mentioned here, but other places in the Bible as well. That we walk worthy of who? The Lord. That word worthy there means to something that's appropriate, that's becoming. For instance, in... Uh, In Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, Paul said that to let our manner of living be becoming to the gospel. In other words, our lives should be lived in such a way by the grace of God that it's becoming, that it's appropriate and suitable to this very message of the gospel that Paul said, even you in Colossae heard it and you put your faith in Christ. In... uh, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1, and maybe later we'll look at some more of these verses, if not today, some other Sunday. In writing to Ephesians in chapter 4 verse 1, he said, uh, walk worthy of your vocation. And that's not talking about your job down here at the factory or whatever. It's talking about your, although that's important, but there he's saying, walk worthy of your calling. Well, what is your calling today? If you know Christ as your Savior, you're called a born-again child of God. And so he's saying your life should be lived that's becoming and appropriate to that calling, to that message of the gospel. Here he says, worthy of the Lord. Wow, we've spent quite a bit of time in the service this morning, and we didn't plan it this way, talking about how great the Lord is and praise and all. And does, is there, there anything about my life by the grace and mercy of God that's becoming and appropriate to one as awesome as the Lord Jesus Christ? Wow! <laughs> An ocean of truth can be wrapped up in one word. Walk 
worthy of the Lord. Come, give your heart to Christ. Live, that's what it's all about. Walk, live always. Not just on Sunday morning, but 24-7. Live always bearing fruit for Him. Live, walk, strengthened by His might. Walk worthy of the Lord, all power in His name. Give Him glory, give Him honor. Walk worthy of the Lord. Can we just take the word walk and think about it for a few minutes this morning? Now we all know what it means to walk, don't we? But you know we take a lot for granted. Now it's used here in the, in, in the chorus that you see the words to. And even in the scripture the word walk here is used figuratively to make a spiritual application. But even literal physical walk is something we can take for granted. I know of at least one gentleman here this morning who, as far as I know, can't take a step. Maybe more than one here today. I know of some of you here today, it's difficult for you to take a step. And some of you use walkers. Now, I'm, man, I'm not there yet. I walk all over the place. I could walk all over this place. I may get tired, but... There's not a pain. Now, I can understand what Daisy Vernon used to tell us a lot. She's in a nursing home. Daisy said, you know, I rock three times and then shove real hard and get up. <laughs> now, I'm at the place in my life where I'm beginning to understand that. Rock yeah. three times. And, and then sometimes I find my knees when I, I have to give them a little extra unction to get them all straightened. And no pain, but just I can tell they're a little. I know what you're saying, Pastor. You need exercise. That's right. I do. And, uh, but there's no, you know, just, you know, just taking walking for granted, you know. What does it mean to walk? <laughs> I don't want to insult your, insult your intelligence. It, it means to tread about. It means to walk about. But applying it spiritually, it has to do with how am I living? The deportment of oneself. To pursue a certain course of action or a certain way of life. I can walk forward, I can walk backwards, I can walk sideways, I can walk around in circles. And we do a lot of that, don't we? You know? They said a big wheel's just a guy going around in circles a lot of times and so forth. So walking here, the, the spiritual application is what, what am I pursuing in life? How am I living? My conduct and, and so forth. Now what I'd like to do this morning is take you to a couple of stories in the Bible where Jesus worked miracles in people's lives, even in the physical realm of walking. But you know, every physical miracle that Jesus performed was just, was not a, it was a means to an end. As important as those physical miracles were, Jesus' goal was to get to the spiritual application. And the spiritual lessons that needed to be. Are you with me? Not, now believe me. Physical miracles are important. And all. And, but, but that's not the most important. Turn with me. To the gospel of John. And throughout this year. We'll probably. We'll have more to say about. This theme of walking worthy. Of the Lord. But turn with me to the gospel of John. Chapter 5. And we find an interesting miracle here. And there, 
There's far more in this chapter in this story that I've got time to deal with this morning. I'm glad of that because I don't have all the answers to start with. Phew. But, uh, but it's an interesting story here. That's all right, isn't it? If I admit I don't have all the answers, because you don't either. But I know whom I have believed in and am persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. That's the most important thing. But look at this in John chapter 5, and I'm going to pick up with verse uh, 5. John chapter 5 and verse 5. And a certain man, this really happened, this is not a parable, this really happened. John 5 verse 5. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. Here's a man, I don't know how old he is, may have been from birth, it may have not been. This story doesn't tell us. But for 38 years, here's a man who had not been able to walk. And when Jesus saw him in verse 6, and when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, Jesus saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Now, at first you'd think, Jesus, goodness gracious, That'd be like me going back here to Ronnie today and say, Ronnie, would you like to get out of that wheelchair and walk again? He'd look at me like some preacher. How foolish to ask me that. Well, you know I would. Well, why would Jesus ask him that question? You know, Jesus asked all of us that question. Do you really want something? Do you desire? In other words, it was a question of this man's will. Wilt thou be made whole? Now, it's good to keep in mind, for lack of time, that Jesus there isn't just speaking of being made whole physically. But are you willing to be made whole spiritually? And if you take the whole story, I believe you'll see that. And somebody said in verse 7, the man begins to make excuses. He says, well, the impotent man answered and responded by saying, sir, I... I have no man. And by the way, there's our problem. We're looking to men sometimes, aren't we? Now, by the way, I believe God, I believe in God, the great physician. Talk about the physical realm. Uh, God can heal. Matter of fact, Steve and I, uh, uh, one, two, three, five pastors, and one, two of their wives met right here yesterday, right down here. And we had prayer for a pastor and his wife who are having physical issues. Now, we can God heal? You better believe it. Amen. But we don't believe in divine healers. Amen? We believe God can heal, but don't waste your time and money going to a man. But see, this guy says in verse 7, The impotent man answered, Sir, I have no man, which when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and what? Walk. <laughs> but you know what? First of all, he said, would you like for me to do something for you? Wilt thou? Wilt thou be made whole? And basically the guy says, yes, but I have no man. I have no, uh, you know, I'm helpless. There's no, and boy, you know what? He, he, was, in a, he was acknowledging, <laughs> I don't, uh, who, who, who could help me in this situation? And Jesus said, I can. <laughs> take up, arise, take up thy bed and walk. And, and he did. There was a physical miracle. 
Now, can Jesus do that today? You better believe he can. If it, that's, that's, you know, if, that, if he chooses to, he can do that. But why did he tell him to take up his bed? Now, I picture a bunk bed or this great big king. No, he, it was like a mat. It was like a sleeping bag, for example. Why did he tell him to take up his bed? You know why? Because it's the Sabbath. And Jesus could have said, you know what, just, just leave your sleeping bag laying there. It's the Sabbath, and we don't want to get the Pharisees all upset. But Jesus sometimes deliberately brought things to a head to confront people with the truth of God. Amen? And now, look what happened. Verse 7 says, the impotent, uh, verse 8, and immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked, and on the same day, the Sabbath, and look what happens in verse 2. Can you imagine the multitude? Can you, now, can you imagine if you'd have been there and said, here's a guy for 38 years. Never had walked, and bless his heart, Jesus healed him, and he's up walking, and he's got his little sleeping bag under his arm walking around, and verse 10 said, the Jews therefore said uh, said unto him that was cured, hey, it's the Sabbath, what are you carrying that sleeping bag around for? Oh, oh, I forgot, I mean, I was so excited about walking, I forgot I had my sleeping, the man that healed me and told told me to pick it up and carry it. So well, you can't do that, it's on the Sabbath. Yeah, I think they missed the real picture, didn't they? They missed the real picture. And I believe that's Je- that, and Jesus could have avoided all that by saying, now just leave your sleeping bag there and go on. And, you know, Jesus deliberately brought this thing to a head. Look at verse uh, 14 of that chapter. Afterward, Jesus findeth this same man in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made, what? Whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Now, we don't have time to get into all this. It might seem to indicate there in that particular instance, and we don't know, that this man's physical condition was a result of some sin that he had committed. Maybe he had gotten drunk and was in a car accident or something. And I'm just, you know, we don't know. Or it may be that Jesus is saying, fella, you need to get your sin taken care of or you're going to have something worse. As, and, and we don't take this lightly now. And I've mentioned some of you by name who are having trouble walking. Listen, we don't take it lightly, but I'm going to tell you what. He said to this man, if you don't get your sin taken care of, there are some things that can happen to you that are far worse than not being able to walk physically, as bad as that is. Less worse things happen unto you. Now, and then he goes into a long discourse teaching, trying to reach the Jews, trying to reach the religious leaders. And down in verse 39 and 40 of this chapter, look what Jesus says. Now, here's where Jesus is heading. Was the physical miracle important? Yes. Yes. But that wasn't the end of the story. In verse 39, Jesus looked to these leaders and said, in verse 39 of John 5, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. He said, you think, what he's saying is, you, you, you are the experts in all this Old Testament scripture and you think you know it all and you've got eternal life and yet the very scriptures that you brag about knowing so much about are those that point to me, Jesus said. You know, one of our men... Brother Gwen shared with us yesterday at the prayer breakfast we were talking. He said he remember one time uh, uh, he had a, 
the whole Bible on a card about the size of a credit card. And uh, they were trying to get him to sell these things. And it's, it, you can have the whole Bible on the card and carry it in your pocket. Kind of like a rabbit's foot. A lucky rabbit's foot. Now, folks, you can have Bibles all over the place. You can carry them up on the dashboard of your car. But they're not going to, they're not some rabbit's foot to bring you good luck. Now, the scriptures can make you wise unto salvation, but they point you to Jesus. Amen. And here Jesus was talking to the Bible experts, in a sense, the fair, you know, and he said, hey, verse 40, but the problem is you will not come to me that you might have life. Now, the whole story here, if I can summarize it, has to do with the will, doesn't it? Wilt thou be made whole? Remember that? Wilt thou? Well, well, Jesus, <laughs> when it comes to physical blessings and material blessings and money and helping me win the lottery, God forbid, and all that, oh, well, yes, make me whole, amen. What about your sins? Well, now that's a whole different story. Hmm? What about... Really living for Jesus. You know what my problem in my Christian life is? It's my old stubborn will, isn't it? Wilt I be made whole? Wilt I? Do I really want to bring honor and glory to Jesus? Do I really? We make decisions all the time, don't we? And for God to line my will up with His will, when the rubber hits the road, that's the difficulty sometimes, isn't it? Figuratively speaking, and we don't have time to... Well, I mean, let's go to one more story real quick and then we'll tie it together. Look at Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. There's Jesus in John chapter 5 and... The, the lesson there I wanted to emphasize this morning was do you really want God to do something for you? And then Jesus looked at some and said, but you, you just will not come to me? You just will not come to me? He said. So that has to do with our will, doesn't it? Look at Acts chapter 3, and you're familiar with this story here in Acts chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Now here's Peter and John, and they went up together into the temple at the ninth hour to pray, and and a certain man, verse 2, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. That's just like these folk you see out on the... Uh, expressways with a sign asking for help and so forth. And here's a guy laying there at the temple and he, from birth. And later on it says he was above 40 years old. Here's a man who was 40 some years old, had never taken the first step. And he, and uh, verse 3 says, who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple asking alms. And Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. Look up here just a minute, sir. And he looked up at Peter and John, and it says in verse 5, he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Sir, silver and gold, I'm a Baptist preacher. <laughs> and he said, Silver and gold have I none, 
but such as I have give I thee. Now watch this. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifting him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up. Don't you like that? Don't you like He leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which set for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John and all the people ran together unto them in the porch which called Solomon's greatly wondering. And Peter, when he saw it, said, Ye men of Israel, why are you marvel at this? Isn't this exactly what the Old Testament prophets said would happen when Jesus would come? and give the original apostles the the power to do this and prove that Jesus was truly the Messiah. Now, applying that to us today, what can we learn from this? What is it that this man expected Peter and John to give him? And rightfully so, not that this was wrong. He was expecting some physical blessing, some material blessing, money to help him. But Peter and John said, Sir, as important as that is, would you like to have God's best blessings? Amen. And by the way, if you read the whole story, it's very evident. And later on, in chapter 4, verse 12, when, when, the, when the high officials called Peter and John in and said, By what power did you do this? They said, Would well, you like to know? All power to his name. You'd like to know what power did this? It wasn't Peter and it wasn't John. There's none other name. The one that you just recently gave word to have crucified. The one that you crucified was buried and rose again. He's alive, amen. And it's by his power. And there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. There's good reason to believe that this man not only got healed physically, but he got whole spiritually, amen, and came to know the Lord. My question to me today and to you is this. Thank God for his blessings, but do I really want? Wilt I be made whole? Look at the work. Walk worthy of the Lord Come, come, give your heart to Christ. Now we say that to lost people. Now I know, and I guess I'm at the place in my life in ministry where, you know, you just are transparent. And I know theologically some people say, say, well, what does that mean, give your heart to Christ? Christ doesn't want your dirty heart. He wants to give you a new one. And I understand, you know. But you know what we, you know, sometimes we can get just downright too picky, can't we? You know, now, I know what we mean when we tell somebody, come, give your, what we're saying is, come to Christ, give yourself, to, repent of your sin and trust Christ as your Savior. What about you and me as born-again Christians today? Am I willing to give my heart to Christ? I'm not talking about salvation now, I'm talking about the real me. 
<laughs> it's a matter of my will, isn't it? And it's a matter of what I expect. I'm walking. I'm, I'm pursuing a certain course of life, action, a way of life. And, and by the way, did you know what? Did you know what? You read those stories. Are, the, the, the very evidence that God had worked a miracle was they stood up. They walked. They moved. Some of them leaped. I'm not suggesting we turn this place into a carnival this morning. But I tell you what, they were walking, amen. Yeah. Now, if a man really gets saved, hallelujah, there ought to be some fruit. There ought to be some evidence. There ought to be some walking and moving. Are you with me? And so God's challenge to me today is, am I willing to, as a child, as a young person, as an, do I really want to walk and move about in this sinful world today? By the grace and mercy, where, where, where would I get the power to do that? Same power that saved me. Walk worthy of the Lord. Come, give your heart to Christ. Live always bearing fruit for Him. Live strengthened by His might. It has to do with not just having a Savior, but being in communion and fellowship. And the verses, I believe, are in the bulletin there about from John 15, is it? The vine or, or you know, communion with Christ. What is it that I really... Want what is it that I'm expecting? God just to help me pay my light bill and and all this is right. Keep me healthy and heal me when I'm sick and help me on the job and meet my fi- all this is good. But is that all? Is there anything far beyond that that I am expecting from Jesus today? And what's the purpose of all of it? Give Him glory. Give Him honor. Walk worthy of his name. Paul summarized it this way, I believe, in his life in Philippians chapter 1. He said, whether I live or whether I die, I just want Jesus Christ to be magnified. Is that what we want to happen by singing the words of that chorus this morning? Wilt thou be made whole? Is there a desire in our heart to move about in life like that? Is there that kind of devotion and dedication where we are willing to come and give your all to Jesus? Give your all to Jesus. Now we're not talking about earning your way to heaven here, okay? We're talking about living the Christian life. Dependence, total dependence upon Him. All power to His name. Live strengthened by His might. Delighting in Christ. And the bottom line to all of it is give Him glory, give Him honor. Walk worthy of the Lord. Paul said, you folk, I'm so glad to hear about you folk over there in Colossae getting saved. I pray for you. And one of the prayer requests I have for you is that every day as you're moving about, going through life, that you'll walk worthy by the grace and mercy of God, that you'll walk worthy of Jesus. You know, we have a wonderful calling. You're a child of God. We have a wonderful message. And we believe this message is the greatest news the world could ever hear. And we have a glorious Savior. Is there anything about your life today that's becoming to such a message, such a Lord? Well, if it is, it's only by the grace and mercy of God, isn't it? It's only by the grace and mercy of God. Father, speak to our hearts today.
Lord, uh, you know where I am. You know where each one of us is in our lives spiritually. Decisions we make. What is, we're, what is it that we're really pursuing in life? What sins are we allowing in our lives that we're not even concerned about anymore? We're just drifting along. God, speak to our hearts and challenge us today. Comfort our hearts. Convict our hearts. Draw, if there's someone here today unsaved, draw them to you, O oh God, that they may know the joy of forgiveness of sins and salvation. But God, we need revival. And Lord, just do a work in our hearts today from the youngest child, teenagers, oldest adults. Just challenge us and bend our wheels to your wheel. And God, give us a hunger and a desire to expect even greater blessings than just the material physical, emotional blessings of life. Help us to have, get our priorities and values right. And help us to live a holy, godly life for your honor and glory. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? And we're going to sing that chorus. And here's what I want you to do. We're going to sing it as an invitation. Will that be all right? If you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, would you come? Would you come? Don't come to us. Come to Jesus. Now, if one of our men can help you, one of our ladies can pray with you and help you, and God works through people, then would you come down this aisle, meet me right here, and we'll let someone pray with you and take the Bible and show you how you can know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And I challenge every one of us, if you're here today as a born-again child of God, would you come and give your life to Him? Would you give it all to Him? Right where you stand, or if you just want to come and kneel at the altar and say, oh, call it dedication, call it whatever you want, total surrender, would you say, oh, Lord, I truly, Lord, I want you to be magnified and glorified in my life, decisions I make at work, at home, at play, and right where you stand as you sing this chorus, can you say, I'm going to give it all, all to Jesus and lay it all on the altar. Right where you stand, if we can help you, you come. And meet us here at the front. Walk worthy of the Lord. Come give your heart to Christ. Live always bearing fruit for Him. Live strengthened by His mind.